from Luke, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's difficult to keep a secret when your space is invaded by a squadron of angels, a battalion of shepherds, and their entire flocks. Especially when this is followed by a procession of kings and camels and other odds and sods, not to mention farm animals whose feeding trough you've been born in. It's quite difficult to keep peaceful during all of that. But the young mother Mary did manage to keep her counsel and remain focused on her newborn infant. One of the problems of today's society is how to remain calm and focused in the middle of all the incessant noise and movement around us. Mary's secret was a deeply personal one. She had entered into a pact with her God. She trusted him implicitly. Her companion Joseph, whom she was to marry, had already shared in this bond with God, and he had to trust his fiance and his God that this was not the milkman's son or the local Jack the Lad, but God's son. It demanded a huge amount of Joseph that he had to believe in his wife and what was going on. Mary and Joseph were remarkable people who could keep a secret and trust each other, especially at a time of great stress and tension. And love was the bond that kept them together. Love, trust and love kept them in that bond. Squadrons, battalions, processions were as nothing by comparison to the deep secret they shared. Not only did they love each other, they loved God too. And he in turn had entrusted them to be the vehicles for changing the world. In an obscure inn, in a tiny one-horse town on the edge of the Roman Empire, 2013 years ago, a young Jewish girl and her mate provided God with enough love and trust to become flesh, to make his home with them, to become a reality once again, to enter this world as flesh and blood. Without Mary and Joseph, there could have been no love warm enough to give God's son meaning and life. This was true cooperation, true understanding, true bonding, and true love. It was not in the comfort of a modern semi, nor a smart Docklands flat, or a neck curtain suburban home that God found his true friends. It was in an outhouse of a grotty inn in downtown Judea. And the first friends God had on earth were sheep and goats, a donkey and country folk, in the dark of the night. No wonder Herod was confused. Kings visiting, but not to see him. These kings looked for a stable, not a palace. How inappropriate. And that got up Herod's nose. Most things got up Herod's nose. Kill all the local boy children under two. That will deal with it. That will end all this rubbish. That'll sort them out. I'll teach them to come looking for a new king. I'm the king here. But it doesn't sort anything out. Nothing is changed. Herod cannot penetrate the secret protected by a cattle trough and a young girl in a stable. He simply doesn't understand. 
To unlock the secret, you need to find the key, the clue. You need to find a way into the mystery. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She could keep the secret because she knew it was true. And there in her arms lay the truth, the proof of God's secret, the newborn baby only minutes old. She kept her part of the bargain. She knew that her God had kept his, and the proof was flesh and blood, very much alive and kicking, and in the baby's first cries, God had a voice again on earth. That's an extraordinary truth, isn't it? In this baby, God again had a voice on earth, a baby's voice. The secret of Mary lay in her listening to God. She wasn't afraid. She wasn't full of herself so that she missed God's voice. She could hear the quiet sound in her heart and mind. You shall bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. And Mary's reply was, be it unto me according to your word. And this Christ was born in a stable in Bethlehem. The secret is shared by Joseph, shepherds, kings, and all manner of creatures, large and small. And to those who would listen, angels sang in the sky, glory to God and peace to men of goodwill. Not to all men, to men of goodwill. To those who would not listen, there was silence. They couldn't hear the angels at all. To those who live by doubt, to those who can't trust, to those who think they know it all, the angels could not be heard. Just imagine, deaf to angels. Are you deaf to angels or do you think I'm talking a load of rubbish? Probably. Well, you're entitled to your opinion and I'm entitled to mine. Listen sometimes for that still small voice that comes over your shoulder and into your ear. Sometimes it sounds like your conscience, sometimes it sounds like somebody else. For Mary, for the shepherds, it was angels. To those who refuse to believe, are too intelligent to believe, whose skepticism becomes a faith, to them the shepherds were mad. The kings were a figment of the imagination and Jesus is a freak. And most of the world would like to keep him about that size in plaster and never grown up because he causes too much trouble when he becomes a man. They like to put him away and bring him out next year and blow the dust off and never allow him to grow at all. He never even speaks to them. What an extraordinary way to treat the Son of God. And what of us? A motley crew gathered at the heart of the city of London. Most people would think us mad to have come here for this celebration of Christ's birth, not to mention trying to find a parking space in the city of London. Well done. Park anywhere, I say. Park anyway. And then we'll have a row with everybody to prove that worship's important. 
a motley crew. We do not say we've got it right. We do not say we know all the answers. We do not say we understand Almighty God. What we do say is thank you for life. Thank you for the great gift of new life at Christmas time. And above all, thank you for giving us the possibility to listen inside our hearts and minds for your still small voice of faith. The shepherds sped to Bethlehem after they heard the angels. They were bidden and they came. What did they find? The answer to their questions about the bright light, the voices, the reason they existed? Well, they found a tiny baby, which was a shock for them. It was quite a discovery. But when they got to the outhouse, the stable, what did they find? Not majesty, as Herod knew majesty, not religion, as they'd been taught it, not razzmatazz at the temple, but a young Jewish girl with a little comforting baby and a loving companion. This was the center of all the singing, gathering, and bright lights. It was this sight of Mary in a stable and a newborn baby which sent Luke's shepherds home glorifying God for all the things they'd heard and seen this night. And Mary, well, she focused on the newborn life entrusted to her. She had a heart full of love for God in the baby as she watched for the first movement and sound from the crib. In all the celebrations, in all the religion, in all the cards, presents, trees, and lights, will we miss the whole point of Bethlehem? Have our hearts been touched? Are we moved by what we see? Or are we so full of our self and pity and self-interest that we prevent God from dwelling again with us on the night he was born? Christmas is about letting go of the past, the nostalgia, the obsession, with how we feel and looking at God as he lies helpless in a cradle open to our love or our self-absorption. Let the inner voice speak to you of the wonder of this entry of God into the center of each of our lives. But he can only make his home with us, can only become part of us if we empty ourselves of self-pity and offer the manger of our own hearts open to love and change. The shepherds let God into their lives. Mary kept close to this newborn baby. The kings worshiped and gave strange gifts. They left renewed and reinvigorated. What do we do this Christmas night? We who are at the center of this story of love, do we worship? and adore, ponder all this in our hearts, or gape and look with disbelief at this God who became a newborn baby that he might love us more. God became flesh and blood to convince us of how much he wants us to go on living with hope. Will you dash this hope or will you give it a chance? You know, when life-threatening things happen to each one of us, and sometimes we turn back and think, 
What am I doing with my life? Who do I love and who loves me? Am I really grateful to be alive? Do I turn to this God and give him a possible chance with me? That's what Mary did in Bethlehem 2,013 years ago. And that, believe it or not, is what this choir and this organ and you lot and me dressed up here is meant to be celebrating. God becoming flesh today here in the city of London. And believe it or not, you are the flesh and you are the blood and you are the hope. My God, look at us. We, we are the hope. What a fantastic thing. That's what the angels bring to us. And I say, Amen. Thank you. Let's love a little more. What do you say? Give it a try. Amen.